Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So today's episode, again, is brought to you by Just Works, and I've got Isaac Oates on again, and Payroll is one of those things that I, I think can be extremely complicated and it's also extremely like the, the complexity of it is obviously very scalable, wouldn't you say? Right. I mean, depending on you can have payroll issues for a four person company and you have obviously payroll issues for a 10,000 person company. But is it the same issues, do you think, in some ways? The issues are similar, but I'd say it's it's a little bit unfair for the four person company. Um, you know, if you're ten thousand people, you've got a whole staff uh, that can deal with this stuff. You know, as painful as it might be, if you're a four person company, it's going to be you. And so, I think you know, using using software to solve it is really important. So, and and how does a small company really? I mean, like, what does JustWorks actually? Does it how how much of the process does it do for you? Uh, we do everything. Yeah. So you know, companies come in, they set up an account. And they add their employees and then tell us how much they need to be paid. And we just make sure all the money gets from point A to point B and all the taxes go to the right place. Now, and is this, this is really just relevant for people who have employees, right, rather than independent contractor relationships? That's right. We support yeah. independent contractors, but we're mostly focused on employees. Yeah. And then you're also integrating the, the, the benefits as well, which is, which, uh, beyond, is insurance. Is there anything beyond that in, in terms of benefits? There's a ton. Yeah, uh, okay. You know, we do medical, dental, vision. We can save companies a bunch of money. Um, we also have things like 401k, commuter benefits, uh, and even even perks. So things that you know just make it easier to be an employee at your company. Just Works offers benefits, payroll, and everything you need to take care of your team. The most intuitive software for your growing business. Take the most tedious and time-consuming part of your job and make it the simplest and most automated part of your day. JustWorks handles benefits. They offer your team the benefits they want at prices you can afford, all online, all in one place. They also offer payroll and payments. Pay employees, vendors, and contractors regularly or on your own schedule. Their HR tools keep your team on the same page, even when they're not in the same place, and they make sure that you are in compliance. You can grow your team across the country, and they deal with local, state, and federal regulations. For more information and to find out how you can save your company a ton of time and probably money, go to JustWorks.com. Nick and I are sitting here at Terminal C of Charlotte Airport. We just came from an incredible event. And, and when I say Nick, by the way, I mean uh, Nick Sonnenberg. So I'm Ari Mizell, and this is episode 190 of the Less Doing Podcast, by the way. Uh, today I interview Guillermo Miatti of Lego Serious Play, and he is a consultant that uses Legos, and this is an established modality, actually, it's really cool, using Legos with executives to improve their vision and their creativity within their teams. It's, it's really fascinating. But uh, So Nick and I just got off a flight from Fayetteville, North Carolina. We were at Fort Bragg. Which is our largest army installation? It's sorry, it's our second largest army installation by area, but it's our largest army installation by population. There are fifty-five thousand active soldiers and over two hundred and fifty thousand people living on this base. So it, it's a small city, and we were there with American Dream U 
which is a foundation run by Phil Randazzo and his uh, partner in crime, Jess Holland. And they brought us in to speak to about 200 soldiers who are transitioning out of the military and into the workforce. It's a wonderful organization. I've spoken with them before at Fort Benning, and we had an amazing experience. Uh, we got to spend what's called Soldier Day, where they show us a day in the life of a soldier. And then basically the next day we talk to them about what it's like to be an entrepreneur or to be in the, in the corporate world even. And uh, for Soldier Day, we did some physical training. We, uh, I rolled my ankle over, and I posted some pictures online of a, a monster foot that I have now. And uh, Nick had his own uh, little overcoming, which y you should share. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have to get the video of that. So I'm, I'm deeply, deeply, deeply petrified of heights, and I got peer pressured into doing the 34-foot parachute jump which took me literally, it took me 30 minutes to, to, to actually build up the courage to do the jump. And I was nearly in tears. And it took two soldiers to get me up there and convince me to jump. And I must say, now that I've done it, I'm not happy I did it. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Sometimes people say like, you know, don't you feel good that you did it? And I, I don't, my neck hurts. <laughs> wasn't, a, wasn't a pleasant experience. Never do it again. So that was that. And back to your first point about the Lego thing, that's really interesting because when I was my in my previous job I was a high frequency trader and you know a lot we we were really interesting characters on the desk. Everyone you know no one really got along with each other because everyone thought they were like the math genius of the desk. So they you know we had team behavioral issues and HR used to literally we were the only team in the bank that had to do this because we were so misbehaved with each other, but um, we literally had to do Lego games with each other for team building. I remember that you told me about that. Yeah, so like, it's really interesting because I've done those Lego games before, and we got separated in a room, and we could only meet each other three times in a period of an hour, and would have to just communicate half of a bridge to the other team and go back into the room, and at the end of the hour, the bridges had to be symmetric and connect, and... That just tore our team apart more. Two people ended up crying, and a fight <laughs> broke out <laughs> during that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so big results with Legos and overcoming fears. <laughs> we get it all done here at Less Doing. Uh, so this is actually, we turned this into a Less Doing Mastermind retreat. And as I may have announced on last week's podcast, I can't remember, but the Mastermind after this event is no more. So the Mastermind program, I, I started this program over just, just over a year ago. This is a year-long culmination of an incredible program working with uh, over a dozen amazing individuals, and I am now going back to one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it's something that I love doing, something that I miss doing, and I've already started again. So uh, actually, if you are interested in finding out more about one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, because I have not been offering it for over a year, you can book a call at lessdoingcall.com, speak to one of my certified Less Doing coaches, and get a real coaching call out of it. But you can also find out more about some of our additional programs. And also, I'd like to remind everybody that if you're running or you're out somewhere in your car, you can text the word do less to 33733 and join our mailing list. That's 33733, text the word do less. So uh, a, a few announcements we want to make today. First of all, I want to congratulate Nick. Uh, the Calvin app, which you've definitely heard about before, and uh, Nick has been working on this app for over three years now, just launched this a uh, couple days ago. 
So the app is now available for download in the store. It's a it's in a public beta, really. It's not the full-on launch, but you can download it. You can try it. And honestly, I, I personally, I think that Nick has created. Uh, there's no other word for it. It's a revolutionary time picking. Uh, methodology. So, actually, you want to just say a couple things about that, real quick? Sure. Yeah. So, as already mentioned, it's it's public launch. There's still some things, uh, some really exciting uh, features and, uh, and cleanup that we have coming in the coming weeks. But um, nonetheless, it is live. Download it. I would love feedback. You can email Calvin at calvinapp.com. What Ari is referring to in the app with this time picker, we, it's literally the one screen we spent more time on this screen than any other screen, and it's. It's really, I mean, it's really incredible what we've ended up coming up with. Um, we've flipped the calendar on the side, and which you know, lo- the logic of that is we've discovered through interviewing people that people make plans on a given time window, and it's the day that's variable. For instance, dinner, typically it's between 7 and 9 o'clock, so you know, you're really looking for the day that you can fit in a 7 to 9 event so like this you can see a full week for a given time window and what we're doing which is really cool is we're overlapping your free busy with your friends free busy without sharing the details of your calendar Um, so when you're proposing times and you can propose multiple times you have visibility into not just your if you're free or not but also if your friends are free or not and for security reasons, obviously, we're not sharing the details of the, of the calendars. And also, we're only sharing the free busy if we detect a mutual match in both of your address books. So you can't just add Ari to your address book and then see his free busy. If he, he would have to ha- also have you in his address book for you guys to both use each other's free busy. So it's already working. It's already you know, being used by a bunch of people. We were featured at Twitter's conference on Wednesday um, as a new cool app that's using some of their technology. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to um, you know coming b- on back on the show in a few weeks with all the features and giving you guys an update. But in the meantime, if you do want to try it out, make sure you download it. Make sure you give it a five-star review and tell them how awesome it is so uh the other reason that so this was the other reason that we were here this is a really big weekend or a few days for the less doists the virtual assistant company that nick and i launched about uh, almost three months ago now so we were there at this event to talk to these soldiers about transitioning and a lot of them have incredible skill sets but the job markets are just or rather they're not really prepared quite honestly to go into the job market and what it looks like to interview and apply to jobs and and all that stuff so nick and i uh, didn't originally have this intention but we realized quite quickly that the people that we were speaking to in the audience would make excellent virtual assistants and their spouses who are sometimes you know what some of these these servicemen that we spoke to have been on over seven or eight deployments to you know to uh, to war, whether it's Iraq or Afghanistan, and, and a deployment could be anywhere from three months to eighteen months, and these people are away from their families for that amount of time, and their spouses are there running a household, raising children, and possibly earning extra money in one way or another. So those people as well would be great VAs. So we were able to talk to them about how we built the company, but also we were really happy to get several people signing up very quickly to be VAs with the service. 
So uh, on that note, we are actually opening up the hiring quite a bit now. So if you are interested or you know somebody who would be interested in a job that allows you to work with multiple clients on very, very interesting projects for uh, what we believe to be pretty good pay for this kind of work, you can send an email to jobs at lessdoists.com and you'll get an autoresponder with all the information you need to apply. And, uh, and if you were at that event, we thank you all for your service and we still would like to hear from more of you because the, the men and women that we met possess talents that most of us in the civilian world just never get to see and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, so, anything else to add on that? No, it was just a really an, an amazing experience. Great people that we met and um, you, we're getting some really good job applications there and we're we're open to we, we really need to take on a, f- a few more because we we currently have a wait list of, of clients and um you know we're looking to hire so like ari said before if 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 you know anyone or if you're interested please email us uh and, and if you are interested in hiring uh some of our vas then you can go to lessdoing.com slash ldva to get on that wait list which is which is growing quickly but we're trying to take a few clients every week now Now, by the time this comes out, this podcast, it'll be a Wednesday morning, and Nick and I will be at the the Genius Network 25K annual event that's run by Joe Polish. We'll be in Phoenix, Arizona, and we will be running an outsourcing workshop all about how to use virtual assistants, other outsourcing resources, and uh, and it's going to be a really amazing event. So if you are there at Genius Network, please come say hi, whether or not you go to that workshop. And uh, if you aren't, then you'll have to sign up to hear more. So uh, with that, I want to share some links with Nick here uh, before we get to the interview. And uh, the first one is uh, there's an article. It was a, uh, there was a study done in the Journal of Psychology of Aesthetics, Creativity, and the Arts. And basically, uh, are you familiar with the concept of emotional intelligence, Nick? Yeah, I think I have none of that. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> and I think I have fairly low emotional intelligence also, actually. And supposedly it's a skill. It's like EQ and IQ, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's a skill that you can cultivate, supposedly. And uh, there's lots of studies that I, I don't completely necessarily agree with. And there's some issues with the methodology. But there are studies that say that EQ, or emotional intelligence, basically, is... Uh, more correlated with success than anything else, essentially. Uh, but what they were showing in this study was that uh, people who watch television drama, great television drama, tend to have higher EQ. So uh, they took participants, and one group was watching highly rated television dramas like Mad Men, The West Wing, and The Good Wife, or Lost. And the second group was watching nonfiction like Shark Week. So the group that watched the, highly, the, the drama, they tested better for emotional intelligence. Yeah, but is it like... Uh what's the causal relationship there like probably someone that already had a high eq is more inclined to like those shows i don't know if watching those shows causes you to have a high eq you know like they say about iq they say about iq like you know that's what you're like it doesn't change like that's what you're born with really right so i would imagine that eq is kind of the same and this study is just unraveling this this uh correlation that they found that eq high eq people tend to like Right, so maybe shows. the people who have the high EQ are already watching those shows, right? Yeah, it's a correlation, not a causation. Right, okay. And, and you're probably right. Uh, so the next one, though, this was a cool... There was an article by a woman, and, and um, she uh, she's a hip, hypnotherapist, basically, and she does NLPs. So for any of my marketing friends out there, you know what uh, neuro-linguistic programming is. And there was a bunch of tips in here, but one of the ones that she said in terms of dealing with your kids... It, basically, the article is like how to get your kids to do anything. 
and one of the ones that she said was that you should always give. Oh, excuse me, everybody. Always give your kids a choice in everything you want them to do, even if it's something very arbitrary. And I have to say, I mean, I've been using this with my two and a half year olds and my three year old or three and a half year old. It's pretty ridiculous. So, but I mean, the choices are not good ones. Do you want to take out the trash or do you want to do the dishes? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. So, like, uh, they, you know, they don't want to sit at the table when they eat. So it's like, okay, well, you can sit at the table and eat, or you can go in your room and go to sleep. And normally, you know, the punishment would just be like, hey, if you don't eat, you're going to your room and going to sleep. But it's like, no, it's you. And I always say, it's your choice. Yeah. And then they'll be like, um, sit and eat, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. That's cool. It's not manipulative per se, because you are giving them the choice. And I think that that's, uh, they, uh, some psychologists say that that's a lot of the time with kids why they disobey because they feel like they're not being heard essentially. It's, it's a subtle difference, but uh, it's, yeah, it's right? a clear difference. Yeah. yeah. And I always say, it's like, it's your choice. It is your choice. They're not good choices, but it's your choice. Uh, so anyway, I really like that one. Uh, there was a really, really cool study that I read about in Time magazine that they, they did this eight-week program of relaxation, and what they found was that people were using clinical services 43% less. So basically what they said was that if you, if you take uh, uh, like pro, uh, programmatic steps to reduce your stress, they could cut healthcare costs by $25,000 a year, which is pretty amazing, honestly, and makes me want to see if I can get less doing covered by insurance. Uh, because that's what less doing is all about, about reducing stress. And if you can actually show a benefit to reduction in healthcare costs, that's pretty amazing when we're spending trillions of dollars on healthcare. And then you can throw into that and tell them at the same time that you've figured out ways to automatically uh, file uh, health insurance bills. I'm sure they'll really like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've talked about 3D printing a few times before. I've always been kind of fascinated with 3D printing. It's kind of it, it, it's like the replicator in Star Trek for me. And we have a 3D printer that I got on Kickstarter. And so far, I've basically used it to make toys for the for the kids. I made a little wrench with Ben's name on it, which I thought was really cool. There is a Kickstarter project here called the Maker Arm, and this is the first robotic arm that makes anything anywhere. This is so cool. Uh, it basically, it's a digital fabrication system. It can, do, it can 3D print, it can laser cut, it can carve, it can plot, it can assemble, and it can pick in place. So basically, you can have it make anything. Like anything. <laughs> in your home. Uh, it can like, so, I mean, it's crazy. Like you can have it make a wallet, you can have it make, um, you can have it make uh, a chocolate, you can have it, look, you can have it right on a cake. Uh, I mean, pretty cool right like we might have to get one of these for uh, less do us yeah right. <laughs> yeah we need something made on demand yeah. uh so it's almost at its funding goal it's got 17 days to go this thing is really really cool um this next one actually you found this is the focus booster app remember this no okay so fo so focus booster basically uses pomodoro technique to help you maintain focus and, and i i do like the pomodoro technique but this also brings in tracking so it's almost like uh, it, it helps you automatically log the sessions that you're doing so you can see where your time went. What I like about this is it's not just helping you focus, but it, it's really showing you where you're focusing on time. And, and, you know, as I always say, like that, that, that tracking element, that awareness element is so important and so helpful. How's it different than rescue time? Uh, so this is, you're actually very deliberately saying like, I'm going to work on this now. You know, and it's going to be a Pomodoro, and this is what I'm working on, oh, and then okay. it tracks it that way. Whereas rescue time is much gotcha. more passive gotcha. and can't necessarily get that granularity. I don't remember that one. That's cool. 
Yeah, so now this is a basic one. I actually couldn't figure out what this was useful for, and, and Nick had a good idea. But so it's called time travel, and it allows you to pre-book rides for Uber. And to me, I was like, I, I don't get it. Like, you can book a ride, especially in New York City, where we both live, you can book an Uber in usually two or three minutes. But you were saying that you actually saw a use for this. Well, yeah. I mean, like, if you know you have to go to the airport for a, for a flight, and you, you know ahead of time that you need a car, and then also, like... It helps Uber, right? Because now they can optimize. If everyone does that, you can imagine a world where they've optimized when, you know, having cars in places that they need to, and especially for like their carpool capability. If if a bunch of people have already put ahead of time that they need to go to JFK, they can even better optimize that carpool functionality and deliver to, and deliver cheaper rates. So that's I a, that's I think it's smart. Yeah, I didn't even think about that actually for the group dynamics. Um, okay, so now the uh, the next thing, th- this is a really brief one, but there's an article in the t- in Time about 20 sources of protein for vegans, and I, and I actually don't want to get into too much detail on that, but I want to tell you about something really interesting. Um, so do you know this, that you know, most protein that we eat is, is mostly wasted, like we don't actually use a lot of it? So like, so like the best source of protein, generally speaking, in terms of that is whey protein. And with whey protein, we're using 46% and 54% is waste that we just excrete. Just because we can't absorb it? It's just not, yeah, it's just, that's how it gets digested because there's proteins and whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, you can take amino acids in their pure form and capsule form and you'll get upwards of 90% absorption, but there's not, a, I mean, they're helpful. There's not a lot to it. Uh, so vegan, pro- and, and basically whey is the best and then it moves way down the scale. And the vegan protein sources like pea protein, tofu, all those things, yeah. you really, we end up really not using a lot of it. They did this really interesting research. They found that if you take digestive enzymes when you eat vegan-based, vegan forms of protein, so digestive enzymes could be, would be lipase, amylase, all those things, which you take in a capsule. Is this different than a probiotic? It's totally different. It's digestive enzymes, so it's breaking down the fats, the carbs, the, the, the proteins. Uh-huh. Uh, what they found was that the efficacy of the vegan protein became equal to that of the animal-based protein, which is pretty amazing. And what about if you take that with the whey protein, does that even boost it higher? No. Huh. No. Is it just with proteins that it does this with? Yeah. What about like absorbing fats or you know, Well, it should or? do that for anything, but the, the study was done with the proteins specifically because, you know, if you th- the, the, uh, the fat sources are really well absorbed. Like olive oil and eggs are, you know, they're used quite well. So, or what, like pasture. What about for lactose intolerant people? Could that help lactose intolerant people? With like it the should, A1? Because, well, because lactose, lactose, to- wait, let me think. No, uh, lactase would be in that kind of capsule. So yes, that would help. That's cool. Uh, okay, so just got a couple more. So uh, one is. Oh, and by the way, I want to mention to everybody too is as I said last week, which I hope you all like. Um, I'm doing a lot more links now because there's just so much stuff that I want to share. But even with that. I don't talk about all the links that I want to share for each episode. So there are probably like seven or six or seven links that I'm not going to talk about right now in the recording, but those will be in the show notes. So if you go on your podcast player, you go on the blog, you're going to see those in the show notes and you can get them there. So uh, the last uh, three that I want to mention is one is there was a paper done uh, at uh, uh, the Educational Psychology and Learning System. And it's about mindfulness and basically how washing the dishes by hand is like the first step to mindfulness meditation. And I've talked about this many times, how I wash the dishes in our house most of the time. Uh, it's like the, my thing. And that ends up being my meditation. We, we actually got rid of our dishwasher because of it. And uh, I know you don't really like washing dishes. but I hate washing dishes, but um, uh, that woman at your live event last year that does the... Yeah, I, I spoke to her and she brought up an interesting point. Because I always imagined meditation was... Um, you know, closing your eyes um, and maybe popping in a podcast or 
listening to someone with a, a British voice talk really so, like so, with a soothing accent and closing her eyes. But she brought up a point that it could be anything. It could be washing dishes. It could be working out. It could be anything. It doesn't have to just be what you typically think of meditation, which I, which I thought was really insightful. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, okay, so the last two. One is called Oral IV. Now, I haven't tried this myself, but Oral IV is basically, it's like a very, it almost looks like an eyedrop uh, little capsule, and it's super, super concentrated, hydrating uh, fluid. Basically, it's got sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, uh, manganese, selenium, copper, calcium, zinc, silicon, and zinc. It's super concentrated. Basically, you can use this for working out or... Uh, just for staying hydrated if you really need to in a, in a pinch. And I haven't tried it myself, but it's, it's been created by this, this doctor, and uh, it's worth a try. I have to say, there are, I, I, I'm definitely guilty of not drinking enough water throughout the day, and that can put you into some unpleasant situations. So this is something I'm really worth trying. If you're hungover, it's worth a try. Yep, that's true. It's called the Oral IV. And then the last one, this is called Sell It Easy. And this is like a trend that I've been noticing. You know, you can always sell things on eBay or Craigslist, but there's all these services now that will sell for you and give you a fixed price. And what this does is they say they'll sell anything. So you basically, you take a picture and then you get a price estimate. If you accept the offer, and it's just in San Francisco right now, they will, uh, I'm sorry, they'll pick it up in San Francisco, but otherwise they'll send you a prepaid shipping label and you get paid immediately. So I'm not really sure how they're doing this, but it's pretty cool. So it's different than OfferUp, where you're selling to individual people. Here and you're waiting. selling, yeah. Here you're selling to Sell It Easy, right? And then they handle it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is great. Right? I yeah. have a bunch of stuff I'll try. Yeah. So, all right. Well, so that's all I've got for today. Again, uh, when you hear this, Nick and I are in Ari in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you're around, maybe you can come find us, and we've got to go get on our flight. So thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me, Ari. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Guillermo Miatti, who is a LEGO Series Play facilitator, and I'm, I'm really excited to share with everybody what that is if you haven't heard of it. So first of all, Guillermo, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks to you, Ari. How are you? Uh, good, good. Thank you. And, and where are you calling us from today? 
I'm actually in Panama today. This is where I live. Originally coming from Argentina, but I've been living here for the past six years. Okay, cool. So before we get into what Lego Serious Play is, uh, can you just give a little bit of background on you and you know how you sort of got into this line of work? Yeah, sure. Well, originally I've started working like uh, you know twenty years ago. Uh, I'm a psychologist. I, I've started I've studied psychology in Argentina, and then I started working in human resources. Uh, I did the, what you could call the corporate career in human resources, starting from an analyst position to that, you know, human resources director uh, for different multinational companies. Uh, so in a nutshell, that's where I'm coming from. You know, I've worked and lived in different countries in Latin America, working for multinational companies, occupying or, you know, uh, occupying different roles in the HR field. Uh, my main responsibilities over those almost 20 years have been related to change management. Uh, you know, uh, M&As or, you know, uh, software implementation, anything that uh, involved a change in the organizational system that impacted people and the business was probably part of, probably you no, know, but certainly part of my responsibilities besides carrying all with your, every HR-related stuff. So in that field, in change management, is how I got into the, the Lego Serious Play method. Uh, and I started using it as a customer uh, during two, three years with excellent results. And uh, then when I decided to, to start my, my career as a consultant, it's what I'm doing right now, uh, I said, okay, let me get certified in this because this is an amazing tool that I wanted to, to be available for my customers. You know? Yeah, well, and, and it is fascinating to me because not only as you know someone who was a kid at one point, but I'm, I'm a parent <laughs> of three young boys, like Legos are a big mm-hmm. part of my life. And, and just so everyone knows, we are talking about Legos the toys. So yeah. how, I mean, how, did this, how did the methodology develop and what, what, is it, what is it like a serious, well, before we get to that actually, like how did it kind of come about? How did they figure that this would be a method to get adults and and people in a workplace to connect in a different way basically uh it's it all started and if you're a fan of lego it all started with the mindstorm project oh okay right so uh at the same time that they will that lego was working with mindstorm or probably around that time uh video games appeared right uh, as a disruptive way in which you know, young, yeah, yeah, kids were playing. I mean, uh, you will remember that, certainly, at least I remember it. <laughs> you know, when, uh, when the video games appeared, it was, okay, all, all the traditional toys, let's say, were, like, left alone. So uh, Lego started uh, thinking about, okay, what are we going to do to respond to this? Because if this trend continues, we're probably out of business in, in very soon. So they started uh, working with uh, a, Swiss, a Swiss school of businesses, uh, Lausanne, and uh, and this is they is the CEO actually got involved in this in terms of how they will work on the strategy to respond to this uh, situation in the market or in their industry actually. So after two years, let's say, of studying and meetings. Uh, they arrived to a conclusion, uh, which is uh, strategy is something that is alive, and people are 
you know, absolute uh, central part of the strategy. There is where the bricks kick in because uh, this is where, you know, people who were working on the Mindstorm project started working uh, with everything that they have learned about uh, the use of Lego for learning purposes um, and apply it to a method, to this method, which was mainly, you know, something that they started creating by themselves and, and, you know, planning and doing, planning and doing, uh, and evaluating the results and checking the results and also integrating different uh, different, uh, how do you say this in English, kind of uh, body of knowledge, yeah. bodies of knowledge, like they integrated things from the neurosciences, from, you know, uh, emotional intelligence, the different types of imagination, things that were appearing at that time in, in, in the knowledge uh, arena as well. So they started integrating all of these things. They tested it in MIT, they tested it in NASA with excellent results. And uh, seven years later, they, after doing all of this, and this is a very brief story, uh, the method, the, the, the Lego Serious Play method was created and launched as a Lego, uh, you know, business unit. So this happened, if I'm not for, if I'm not mistaken, like in 2002, um, and therefore it was uh, for a while it was a business unit from the Lego Corporation, the toy manufacturer. And, uh, as lo- and they have different business parts, uh, they different business units for Lego education is a huge business unit for them. They build solutions for education at different levels. And this is something that they, so this is, I mean, this was not totally new to them, right? Uh, they, they were coming from, a, 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 you know, being related to learning and, uh, and uh, learning in a different way. And this is actually what the, you know, the method, the Leo Serious Play method applied to businesses uh, is about, you know, it's about being open to learning through play, actually. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So, no, well, no, so, go ahead. so can you talk about what, like, a, a, what a Serious Play session might look like? Like, who's in the room yeah. and what, you know, what, how, does it, sure. how does it work? Uh, the first thing you need to understand is that Lego Serious Play is used to solve complex business problems and any complex business problems from any perspective will involve people. Uh, so basically you need to define that problem first. With, with what is the problem that you want to solve? What, you know, it can be a business strategy, can be a team, uh, integration issue can be, uh, I don't know, the identity of my brand. There are a number of things that you want, that, that you might need to, to, to solve. And the way it works, a, a workshop will work is once you have defined the objectives and you have defined the subjects that you want to work on is a, a Lego Series Play, a Lego Series Play facilitator will, you know, design the questions that you want to, that, the, that the people in the room will ask. The people in the room will be anyone involved in the complex business problems that you are trying to solve. Anyone who has anything to say about it. it might be a marketing team if, if you are working on the brand, 
for example, but also you might invite customers to that meeting. So uh, it has a, an operating system, let's say Windows or OS X, uh, and different applications, you know, PowerPoint, Word. So the operating system is four steps. Is you, the facilitator posts a question, the participants build a model to answer that question, they tell a story about that model, which is also related to the question. Those two steps are done individually. And then we reflect as a team or as a group. Those four steps happened along the way in very, you know, uh, many, many times. And, uh, you know, questions are designed in order for you to uh, get all the aspects of the complex business problem and uh, also uh, get all the knowledge that is gathered in the uh, in the room, and this is where it becomes interesting, because when we are playing, when we are using our hands to play, a hundred percent of our attention is there. We are not distracted by anything else, you know. And this is very important in the sense that uh, you are getting. In the, in the meeting, you're getting 100% of the attention of the people being present. Not only that, but by the operating system that I just told you about, those four steps, you know, you are granting in a way that no one will remain silent about the subject that you're discussing. So you are ensuring 100% of the knowledge that is in the room and 100% of the attention that is in the room in order to solve that complex business problem. If you think of a traditional meeting, you know, PowerPoint and someone presenting the problem and everyone, you know, taking turns to speak, hopefully everyone, most likely people won't, not, not everyone will speak or, or speak uh, half of what they know about it. Uh, you know, we say that 80% of the decisions made in that room it's, uh, are taken by 20% of the people. Here, you know, it's impossible. With Lego Series Play, it's impossible for that to happen. Lego Series Play will basically involve 100% of the people, 100% of their attention. And the fact that they are playing with their hands also is triggering uh, uh, a learning uh, mechanism that is, you told me that you, you, your kids are very young. Right? You yeah, have they're all under four. Old. Yeah, so probably you have a one-year-older. I, yeah. So I have one of, of seven and another one of four, but I still can see it, how when they play, their focus is on that. Uh, and it's amazing for me to see a silence in the house. And, uh, and also, it's when, we, when they were uh, even, even younger, you know, they, they touched everything. Not only the Legos, everything. I mean, I mean, they will touch, you know, the car keys, the, I don't know, a plastic bottle, whatever they find, they will touch it and, and start playing with it. What, what is happening there is that this is kind of one of the first learning mechanisms that we as human beings have. You know, through our hands, we start learning how the world around us works. So as an adult, when you trigger this mechanism, you are far more open to learn and to listen and to, to, 
you know, to get new ideas into you, into your mind. So we are awakening that mechanism when we are playing with Lego Series Play. This is a basic concept on the on the on on neurosciences. You know, it's uh, connected with the, our hands are 70, 60 percent connected, neural, co neurally connected with uh, directly with our brains. So this is one of the things that was applied to to the method. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That, that, that this is it's fascinating to me. I mean, because. There's all sorts of different models and consulting models where people are sort of looking at abstract concepts and then discussing. But this this is this is less abstract, obviously, because you're, you're really physically building something. And it's it's just interesting to me because I think it, it specifically because it's Legos, it's like awakening a, a more creative part of their childhood or, you know, something something more innocent in some ways. And, and I fully believe that a lot of times people are held back by their own hurdles you know there's good ideas that they might have that they're just not letting out so i think this is a, just a really fascinating mechanism to me are, are they standard lego sets or they're like actual are they trying to build something specific sometimes or is it just free form no uh, the, the the sets are specific lego series play sets you don't buy them in the stores uh they are made uh, they are made from the standard lego bricks that are used in any of the Lego of the Lego kits, you know, so you you will find the same bricks. It's not a, a brick that is different. It's just that they are combined in a different way. And those kits, uh, in order for you to buy them, you need to get trained and get uh, certified in the method in order for you to get an ID and be able to buy them online from Lego straight away. So, uh, what kinds of companies do you typically? I mean, do, is this any kind of organization? Or are you seeing this with yeah. large? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I work for oil companies. I work for, you know, uh, retail companies, and, and we're talking all, you know, multinationals. Uh, they are based in uh, here in Panama or in Mexico or whatever. Uh, we work with family-owned companies, big companies who have operations in different countries as well, but we work with. Uh, you know, with the family, actually. Um, so it's honestly designed to any business, any uh, size of business, because ultimately what you're doing when you're using the method is, uh, and this is also a great part of, of the beliefs behind the method and that support the, me the methodologies, you know, any system, uh, we, we, we believe that any system, any organizational system, any team, you know, that has created a problem has in itself the capacity to solve it. I, yes, I agree with that. So, so, you know, what we are doing ultimately with, when using the method is generating the platform for that to happen because we are engaging them on a, in, on a way that not, they don't usually do it, right? They don't usually play. They don't usually play. Uh, they don't usually work with three dimensions because this is another interesting part. You know, the, the best example for me is in order to to uh, talk about this three-dimensional thing is when you see a plan, a blueprint of your of your house. Well, you will get certainly an understanding of where the kitchen is going to be. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But then when you see a model of the house in 3D, 
wow, you can you can even play with it. You know, you can see what is going to be the approximate distance from the kitchen to the room and how the light is going to be and how, you know, you can play with that a lot and your understanding is much bigger. The same thing happens here. You're playing with three dimensions. Uh, your understanding of what the other one is saying, you know, is, is, is wider, is, is better. Uh, it's also more respectful because, you know, the, the actual meaning of the model is, is from the people who, who owns it. So any conflict that may appear uh, is also mediated by the model. Right. Uh, and uh, it's very interesting to see that when, when it happens. So, you know, the platform provides all of that in order to for, to, for, for the teams or the group of people that are working to solve the business, the complex business problem, the platform gives all of that. You know, ensures that everyone will be listened. You work on a way in a way that you're certainly not working on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, you are answering, uh, you know, profound uh, questions about the subject, and you're using history stories. So story story making and story uh, and storytelling as well. But story making is a big part of it. So it also combines different other methods. You know. Some people who are more versed in, in these things are, might, might say, well, this is similar to design thinking. That's right. Design thinking is a method. It's similar to it. But the thing is, in design thinking, first of all, you need to be able to be a, be a good, you know, be good with, with a pencil, which in my case, for example, is <laughs> definitely not the case. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and to me, Lego provides kind of a of the perfect balance between... Uh, my ability to represent something creative and to build it, you know, I can use the Lego to, to do that. Uh, and anyone can use it. You, know, you don't need to, you don't have to have, have, don't even have to have any experience playing Lego before. It ha ha has happened to me that to have participants who have never touched a Lego before. And uh, they don't have a problem after one hour. You know, it's very simple. In that sense. So uh, the, the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews is what is your what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And you can interpret that however you like. <sighs> to me, it's uh, uh, be kind of try and be aware of what really drives you. You know, wh what is your passion? What is it that you're passionate about? What you want to accomplish? Make sure that you're not accomplishing anyone, anything else for, for anybody else than you. You know, that is, to me, is, you're, there's no question that you're going to be more effective or more efficient in that way. Uh, that's my first piece of advice. Second is keep on, I mean, have fun, play. Uh, if there's no fun, you're going to wear yourself out <laughs> sooner or later. Uh, and then it's... Uh, to me, it's try to create something new with others. You know, those are the three things that I constantly try and, and do to be more effective. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I would, I would suggest. So where can people find out more about what you do and, you know, maybe even, you know, hire you for their company? Well, it's, uh, our webpage is uh, juegoserio.com. Uh, juego serio or serious play pro uh, with seriousplay.com sorry seriousplay.com and juego serio.com 
are the two web pages that uh, you can look for it. Juego Serio, it's uh, well, it's in Spanish, of course, but SeriousPlay.com is you will find all the all the information there. Wonderful. Uh, thank well, you, Guillermo. Thank you so much for your time. That was great. Thanks to you, Ari, and uh, it was so great to, to, to be here and talk about LEGO Series Play. So thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com, where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you, and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time. <laughs>